Hello and welcome to Story Radio, the podcast for readers, writers and lovers of short stories everywhere. Today we have an interview with Lindsay Gillespie, a finalist in the Costa Short Story Award, followed by one of her short stories, A Summoning Spell. Today I'm talking to Lindsay Gillespie and um, she's had a couple of stories broadcast on Story Radio. Lover Man last year and Summoning Spell the year before. Her stories are rooted in a world we recognise, but her twists and energetic prose take us on a journey far from the everyday. Her story, Follis Dactylus, has just been a finalist in the Costa Prize and they recorded an audio version and the public voted on it. So, congratulations, Lindsay, on writing the third most popular story amongst people who like <laughs> coffee with a bitter burnt taste. Um, could you tell me uh, <laughs> the origins of this story? Um, origins of the story uh, was um, hanging out down Berlin Gap, <clears throat> down the coast, and um, if you go down there, every pebble you stand on and every pebble you pick up has a hole in it. So, and the holes are made by Bolostactylus, otherwise known as Piddox. And they're awesome when you find out about them. And I just wanted to write about them. Right, and that's um, that's Berlin Gap on the south coast in Sussex. Yeah. yeah. Between Brighton and Eastbourne. Yeah, marvellous place for Piddox and people. Okay, and... Um, Tell us a little bit more about the story. Well, okay, so I was a bit in love with these strange bivalves, which um, live for eight years, hidden in a rock, never leaving the little hole they made. I found out that they were they, they seemed completely secret and not many people know about them, but the people who did know about them were the Romans. And um, evidently Pliny said that they were amazing and they knew all about them. They looked like flames when you opened them because they were bioluminescent. They, they glowed a sort of blue-green light. So the Romans used to have these raiding parties. So the more I kind of read about them, I just wanted to use them in a story. But then, you know, how best to tell the story. So that's what I played around with. And, um, yeah. Right. So the, are there elements about the Piddock that kind of emerge in your story? Well, in the story itself, they're like, they, they possibly save, they, they possibly, you know, redeem and or save the protagonist, and maybe, you know. Right. It's a bit of useful secret information he has. Okay. And you, your story's actually set on the Kent coast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, okay, so that was a, I went to Deal, um, and that was quite, it was a brutal kind of weekend, very dark and yeah, a bit bleak. Um, and then I found this big sign, there's a massive sign there about the Romans landing there. So that was interesting too. So I guess, you know, usual thing, things kind of smash up against each other. And, and that's how you make a story. Sometimes it works. Great. Yeah, well, I think it really works well in that story. Um, how did Costa actually let you know about um, how you, your story became one of the finalists? <laughs> 11.20 <laughs> on the 18th of November, 
by text. I know that because I was in the queue for my booster jab in Churchill Square right. in Brighton. So I was waiting and uh, yeah, strange text came in. It, so that's okay, and um, so they just tell you straight away you're the finalist and no kind of long list and short list. That's right, they just say, is it your story? Are you the author of it? You know, and yeah, there are three stories to be considered. Yeah, for the shortlist, yeah. And were you involved in the recording of the audio at all? Did they kind of let you Um, They asked notes, on? short notes. Right. So with me, I had two protagonists with kind of from a fairly similar background, so that's a bit challenging. Um, so both East End, you know, middle-aged men. But they, they saw the major difference between them. Um, they just, yeah, mm. differentiated. And uh, that was it, just short didn't sure go along to the recording no, no. and how, how did you feel about the recording yeah, yeah it, it's, I thought it was good I thought it was better than, my, better than reading it in a way so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which surprised yeah. me but uh, yeah I did and um, yeah the way the Costa works is you're kind of the three stories are available in audio and then the public vote on them and you're not allowed you're not allowed to reveal your identity so uh yeah, that's right. What, what, what did that feel like? That must have been a bit strange. Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of... So if November, it was November when, you know, people were told, and bearing in mind then, from then till the 1st of February, till the winner was announced, that was quite long. And it was... I'd forget about it for ages, and then suddenly, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just felt a bit unreal. Like it wasn't yeah. really going to happen, um, but then when you actually went, when you actually, you know, when I went along to the event. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about the event? Um, well, I think yeah, people were <laughs> excited to be out of the house. People, were, I was quite dazzled by it all, um, and. It is, it is part of the main Costa Awards. Isn't yeah, it? I, yeah. At one stage, I hadn't quite realised that, but yes, it is. Um, Possibly due to restrictions still being in place, some restrictions, everybody was sort of, there wasn't much mixing, so the short story guys were all together on one table, and then, you know, Best Bio was on their table, Best Children's was on theirs, you know, so, yeah, I did get to meet Caleb um, Azuma Nelson, I was sitting quite near him, and Claire Fuller, sat right. next to her, um, and it was tightly choreographed. Um, you know, things kicked off exactly the minute they said, and and it was over way too soon mm. for me. So, so then free biz, good drink. Yeah, great drink. Um, interesting food that people maybe were preferring the drink though, and some um, great bags. Yes, uh, all the books. Plus Costa Coffee tins of and um, chocolate Aero Costa Coffee. Get free Costa Coffee for life, right? No, got uh, two tins. That's your, your lot. <laughs> it's probably just as well. <laughs> and um, when you wrote the story, first of all, did you have a kind of sense of it having a special quality that felt like it was working particularly well? Um, I just wanted people to enjoy the enjoy 
pidocks really. I just wanted them to like them, to get into them. I just thought pidocks are special, so I wanted to get there. And I think because I've got, yeah, I think I was, I wasn't sure about my two characters, these two old East End guys, you know. Um, but the more I dug into them, I thought they were okay, and they did the job. And then I got, I got fond of them, and yeah, it took a few goes, quite a few goes really to get yeah. their voices. And um, has the experience kind of affected how you think about your future work? Has it kind of given you a particular direction or something to focus on? Well, I just think it's good to be weird, just to dig in deep to stuff that you think is a bit out there. Though I'm not, I mean, you know, that's my opinion, but um, yeah, just, and I think there's maybe an audience for loads of things. And shorts are brilliant like that, you know, it's like a big box of pick and mix, you know, you can find a story that's gonna challenge you, connect or dark comedy or anything, you know, it's all there in the world of shorts, mm. short stories. Because the story was um, picked up for some other prizes as well, that we, you had to withdraw from, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah, that was weird. Though. So I do think it was the power of the Piduk. Yeah. For last yeah. People liked okay. So focus on like, shellfish then, that's your, <laughs> your tip for people in yeah, the future. absolutely. Oysters, mussels, I'm coming for them. Have you got any other advice for people who are kind of thinking of submitting for coffee-related prizes? <laughs> well, I did look up, but um, no, I think costs are the only ones who do this marvellous thing for the short story, coffee coffee-related people that do this marvellous thing for short story. After that, the next biggest seller of coffee in the UK is Greg's, and then after that it's Starbucks, and then Nero. That's how right. it goes. So okay. perhaps someone has to give them a shelf. Um, but um, with the short stories, as we know, as you know, Martin, it's um, competitions all the way, really. And not don't enter five competitions, don't enter 15, just go mad. Into loads. And um, what are you working on now? Well, a story about leeches. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's this weekend. Okay. So there you go. So I must wow. be stuck with things that I like to hide in a. So watch out for next year's <laughs> cost of prize. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Okay, that's great. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks, Martin. Thanks. That was Lindsay Gillespie in conversation with Martin Nathan. Now, if you'd like to hear some more of Lindsay's work, have a listen to A Summoning Spell. A Summoning Spell by Lindsay Gillespie. Can you make the love of your life appear just by thinking about them? I can. When I say the love of your life, you've got to keep your eyes peeled. The unloves, the scuzzes, the ones you curse to hell and back are more likely to pop up. They're easier to summon for some reason. Like they're still flitting around the edges, hovering. Like they never really left at all. A good place for summoning. Where's a good place for summoning? Well, that would be right here. A 
up against the wall on Waterloo Bridge, third arch, left side if you're coming from the south bank. But anywhere down by the river is good. I summoned up Marley, Marley Barley, first ever love from top infants, on the river bank in the middle of a lightning storm. Three foot nothing and so skinny you could see his ribcage and the lump of his heart trapped like a fish sticking out behind it. Another time down by the pier two old flames came leaping out. There was Crazy K on one side and Bulldog on the other, both bearing down on me and thank Christ someone kicked me out the way of the number 68. But the bridge is best. You can see who's coming. And if you summon and no one bites, just sit back down and cast again. Someone always shows. I know the bridge well now, and it knows me back. The river too. The river's tongue as it pushes hard against the bruised beneath of the bridge. The way the water strokes the arches like it's talking to itself. How the wind scabs the skin of the river and wrinkles it. I put my hand to my face. I know each wrinkle my true love put there. A good time for summoning. When's a good time for summoning? I'd say daybreak. That's when the fog wakes up and stretches along the riverbank to touch the cold arches. The fog breathes onto the bridge, makes it beautiful. That's the best time for a true love to swoosh up. What happens next is tricky. It depends who's made an appearance. Some just zoom up, have a word, zoom off again. Some plan on hanging out. If it's one of the wankers, you have to go in full brutal. Tell them to fuck the fuck off. I got a cuss of an old lady wino down the king's. Fuck off, you nine-fingered shite hawk. Then set your face against the passers-by. You're just one more nut job hollering in the wind on Waterloo Bridge. Tell them they're shite hawks too. Or an old sweetheart might trip out. Give you a sly wink. Stick a cold hand up your skirt, pinch your bum. That sounds like Denny, dirty den, stoned as a coot. Who else shows up? Parrot. Parrot's always hanging around. The trouble is you can smell him a mile off, so I only summon him if the wind's blowing down river. When I met him, I said, how come you called Parrot? He never said, just had on him a little bent smile. Parrot was a painter. Every day he painted the bridge said he wanted to paint it the same way Monet painted the old Waterloo Bridge. I could make myself useful, he said. I could sell the pictures to anyone passing. He'd start work at daybreak and I'd pile the tubes of frozen paint into my nest of coats and sit on them, warm them up. He painted me some days. That is, he painted all over me, a rainbow-coloured ring on every finger. He brushed gold along my eyebrows and rubbed ultramarine down my parting. The first time we sold a painting, it was straight down the King's to get rat-assed, where he puked all over me before jumping on me. Afterwards, he said, so, now you know. That's how the male parrot chooses a female. He vomits on her. A good person to summon. Who's good to summon? Well, that's obviously up to you. The one I want to summon most of all is the hardest. He's the one who broke my heart. And I got him once, just half of him. I touched his hair, sequined with water. I touched the mole on his left cheek, the one that looks like a perfect black pearl. A long time ago I went looking for him, stepped out of my old life and followed him up to Waterloo and to this bridge.
That winter, the winter he left, was turbulent. He'd started fighting. He wouldn't stop. At school, in the street, with his girlfriends, with me. Smashed his room up. One black sky day, he vanished. Waterloo Station has a ghost picture taken around that time of a lad, a 15 or 16 year old, jumping the barrier. There's a witness at the Jubilee who says he saw a boy with long blue hair, a wild boy, leaping about, buying tequila for everyone, anyone. That later, the same evening, there was some kind of punch-up in the Patriot the boy was involved in, and some said he'd started it in the first place. The final sighting came from a woman who says she remembers a boy with blood-tangled hair flailing about at the edge of the bridge in the rain. The witness says she yelled, You, you okay? The blue boy turned. Then the rain closed down on the bridge again and there was nothing to see. Me and the bridge sit here waiting. Third arch, left side if you're making your way from the South Bank. That was A Summoning Spell by Lindsay Gillespie. We'll be back next month with another short story. Please keep sending your short stories in and do check out our Patreon if you'd like to support us. Thank you.